Unitas gives to Amici. The Pets are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Hard-running. Exciting. Thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is West Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vang, the boogie-woogie man. Hey, guys, I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the tune-in app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. Hope you're doing okay, wherever you might be. Uh, I have no idea why my headphones aren't working. But hey, we'll get through it. Another late night, getting back from High Point last night. Call us up on the uh, Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900-540. In front of that, if you're out of the immediate dialing area, 744-2990. Going to let that play here while I try to fix this. I don't know why somebody messes with the head. Like the settings in here, I'm the only one who does a live show, but yet... I'll come in, like today, and everything's completely discombobulated to the point to where I can't really hear myself. But, hey, that's okay. This is the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys album, by the way. It's got the hot, the girl in the hot pink shorts walking up the stairs toward the band. In other words, let's celebrate groupies. That's what this is. Good song, though. Okay. So back late last night from uh, High Point, Radford University. Tough situation for those kids. And um, 
They played a great first half, led by 15 at halftime. End up losing the game by 10. I'm sorry, by 5. They got scored by 20 in the second half, just a tell of two halves. and Really felt bad for those kids. They had worked so hard, played so hard, a lot of adversity on them in the last uh, two days going into that game, and they couldn't hang on. And Kudos to the acting head coach, Shane Nichols. He did a great job to get them ready, but as he said in the postgame, they may have assumed a little too much with the big lead. They didn't do the things that had gotten them the lead, and they lost the game. So you have that going on with uh, RU. That's three in a row now. They've lost four out of five. Regular season finale on Saturday, and there's just a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty right now, and guys are really battling through some things. So we'll see how they handle things on Saturday. Speaking of results that may not be pleasing to a lot of Commonwealth basketball fans, how about Boston College? See, this is why you play the game. And once again, I've been telling you that Miami's the best team in the league. Heard from a couple UVA fans that didn't agree. Well, now what do you say, UVA fan? You go to BC, which losing at BC, that's something that Tech did, and they have gotten better. But when you go and you lose by 15 and you score 48 points, you flat out weren't ready to play. Virginia, who gets all these metrics love, you know, and Everybody keeps touting them. Oh, yeah, they're the best team, blah, blah. Well, no, they're not. Miami's the best team in the league. And I think that was reiterated last night as Virginia got uh, absolutely throttled. And I mean throttled by Boston College. 63-48. Virginia shot 32%. And it goes along with what I've been saying about this team. I know they are statistically and they have the reputation of having this great defense, but you know what? It doesn't matter if you can't score the basketball. And as great as Tony Bennett has been, and I know he's won a national championship, this program's been uneven offensively. This is also a program that's the only one as a number one seed to lose to a 16 seed. They were 4 of 21 from 3 last night at BC. And they lost the game. And now they are scrambling trying to figure out, okay, so now what for Virginia? But Miami is now technically a half game ahead of them at 14 and 4. Virginia's got to go to Carolina. They've got Clemson and then Louisville. Speaking of Carolina, they struggled mightily last night on the road at, we've cashed it in a long time ago, Notre Dame. They were down by eight at halftime. Carolina had 19 points at halftime. Then outscored Notre Dame 44-32 in the second half. 63-59 was the final. Not an impressive win at all for Carolina. They continued to confound people all over the place. How about Notre Dame? The oldest team in the country, experience-wise, 10-18 and 2-15 and and in the ACC. Mike Bray, of course, retired. 
before the midseason mark. That team's cashed it in. The sight of Tech's only road win looks even less impressive when you see the overall record. NC State wins again. Great reprieve for that program, 90-74. to Over Wake Forest. Wake won't, Wake won't make the tournament. Clemson beat Syracuse, 91-73. So that's where we are from the uh, ACC standpoint and from the Radford University standpoint. So we're down in High Point last night. And they have this new building called the Cuban Center that they believe is the mecca for all humanity. They do a lot of things down there. They have concerts. They have conferences. They have performances. It's a shared entity. And they also play their basketball inside of this Cuban Center. And so last year was the first year we went down to it. And, boy, they had put out all this material about Boy, why do you come here? You're not going to want to leave. Oh, my God, it is so unbelievable. I'm telling you, I've been in that place twice now. It is the most least impressive brand-new structure I have ever been in in my life. I mean, there's not one element. Well, I'll take that back. There's one element of the Cuban Center that I like, and that is where we are on the press row. We're not actually on press row. We have a little segment of three tables in behind press row. The gimpiest tables that you can find, by the way, on the thinnest slab of concrete so that if you move too much one way or the other, you can knock the whole thing down and it just comes falling. One of my broadcast brethren said that happened to them earlier this year. But nonetheless, the only good thing about the place, there's easy access when you go to your right outside of the Cuban Center floor entrance and the bathrooms are right there which is very important when you're broadcasting you need that in and out man you got a two minute break you can make it pretty easily but there's nothing else about that building at all that's appealing in any way shape or form it looks like you're playing in a giant ballroom it's attached to a hotel or it looks like it's in the middle of a casino They have all these huge luxury suites all the way around it, and it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't look like a basketball. It doesn't feel like a basketball arena. It doesn't feel like a basketball arena. And, boy, they like to tap themselves on the shoulder. Then you have some DJ up there at the top, and the music is blaring so loudly. You have people there that work there are complaining. So I'm getting in there, and I'm like, yeah, I can't even hear myself think playing just the, the most god-awful music you can think of. And you have this DJ up there. He's just like this little 5'6 uh, white dude, a little older guy, too. And he's just sitting there acting like, yeah, boy, I'm spinning some tunes now. So I'm asking all the people down at the Cuban Center, why is it so loud? I don't know. It always is. Well, then why doesn't somebody do something about it? We hate it. I had three people tell me they hate it. They hate going in there to a home game because of how loud it is, the pregame music. But yet there it was. But now we're not going to do anything about it. We're just going to let it happen. But the building is a big bunch of nothing. It's new. They spent a lot of money. 
they had this very small high schoolish type of gym, which gave them a really good home advantage. Now, I know they beat us last night. They came back in the second half. But I don't know if they get that in that new building. Just a strange vibe in that building. And then, to top it all off, last night was their senior night. All right, so the game is also, just like our games at Radford, we're on uh, ESPN+. Plus, right? So we're on ESPN+. Plus. So you have a certain time because you're hooking up with ESPN people. There's a couple of folks that are assigned to your game, and they're lining up their ads and the cuts and things like that. Internet TV, if you will. And the strict tip-off time for the game is 7.01. You go there, intro, boom. Well, last night, they got caught up in all the crap they were doing. Way too long video presentations, introducing their seniors and so forth. We didn't start the game till 7.07 last night. So TV was six minutes late. Those guys were furious. I was down there talking to them after the game. Nobody told them anything. Nobody had any kind of timing. The officials got mad. Because they come out, they're ready to go, and they're like, the building's dark, and it's so light, and the game hasn't started. So they completely screwed that up. Their game ops was an absolute atrocity last night. Because all they are, it's the, it's the epitome over style. You picking style, thinking that's going to be impressive over substance. And that's what happens to a lot of people who fail, whether you're a coach or whatever it might be. When you opt for style over substance, you're not going to succeed. And High Point has underachieved because they have two of the best players in the league. Zach Austin, who got paid to stay there. Jaden House as well. Austin had 20 points. He's a terrific player. But not a good environment. If you go down to High Point to watch a game, be aware of the Cuban Center. Because they're going to act like, oh, my goodness. Be sure to take about five pairs of earplugs, maybe maybe a headset. Because if you get there too early, that means you got to sit through the ungodly loud and horrible, just horrible music selection there before the game. So you top that off and you don't win the game. Not a good night. Then you get in late. You don't have much sleep. We've got Andy Bitter at 7.35, Dwight Vick at 8.35, and we'd love to hear from you. Going to tell some stories about bad interstate driving guy again. Never fails. Never fails. We'll be back here on a Thursday. Miss something? Oh, you missed that? Well, here it is. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anytime. Yeah, we missed you so much. Available wherever you get your podcasts. BTSD will return in a moment on WRAD. so popular he was able to make up a word to a song and have it be a top five or top ten hit. By the way, we have breaking news uh, here on the program. 
My headphones now work. It's imperative to be able to, you know, kind of hear yourself talk. I didn't have any way to hear myself in the first segment, so I don't know how it sounded. But now, it now works. And that's a good thing, to be able to actually hear myself. What a concept. Six three nine forty nine hundred five four zero six three nine forty nine hundred seven four four twenty nine ninety is the text line. Andy Bitter and Dwight Vick. We're getting to Andy about this quarterback uh, coaching situation, timing of it, who might be the guy, and what it means for Coach Prize program. Grant Wells and the Drones kid getting a lot of attention already. Preseason workouts. By the way, I've always said it, and most people have. You've heard it in the past. Like, the most popular guy in town is the backup quarterback. Well, we don't know how the quarterback situation is going to play out. It's amazing to me. I mean, I've heard I don't from how many people that are already saying that Drones is going to be the quarterback and Grant Wells should not. And he hasn't thrown one pass. He won some workout warrior award. You know, with the hunger drills. And that's great. I'm glad to see the kids gotten here from Baylor and he's working hard. But nobody who's making these comments about Kyle Drones has seen him play, has watched him at all in this tech offense. Yet, I'm not exaggerating, it's 90% of people I've heard from say they wish he were going to be the quarterback or he's going to win the job over Grant Wells. The incumbent who's already been one year in this offense with a brand new staff who's finding their way. It's incredible. And I know Grant didn't set the world on fire, but he's also not the reason they had the season they did. But everybody is on fire for drums. And look, you know what? If he comes in and he is great in the spring and he lights it up, that'll be great news for Tech. It'll mean, Grant well, it'll mean that Grant Wells will leave, but it means that this kid was recruited, Tech got him, and he's come in and he's filled in, and that's exactly the scenario you want, right? You want one of these quarterbacks not only to win the job, but to excel running the offense. And I hope for Brent Pry, I hope that happens. I hope somebody does. But I am, I am amazed, and I'm going to get into that a little bit too with both Dwight and Andy. It's 90%. I mean, I had to search to find one comment where people were thinking Grant Wells should be the quarterback. And it would be different if you had a kid who had shared some time or had been on the field and you had watched him, but none of you have seen him play. He played one game at Baylor. One. Through 20, what, 22, 23 passes? And with all the uncertainty about the new personnel and everything else, immediately everybody's just, yep, he's going to be the guy. That's my guy. Okay. Maybe he will be. But it's interesting going into it. In the battle of public opinion, Grant Wells has already lost the job. It's interesting. 
All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. It's hour one. We've got bad driving guy stories. It never ceases to amaze me. Time and tested. Hope you're doing okay on a Thursday. We'll be back. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. As many times as we've loved and we've shared love and made love, it doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not enough, baby. Barry White had strong game. I'll tell you that. 639-4900-744-2990. Andy Bitter, Dwight Vick a little bit later on. Tough night last night. Tough second half for the uh, Highlanders. Really felt for the kids. They uh, they left everything out there. Played very hard and uh, kind of got away from them in the second half. One more game left. Senior day. It's going to take on a little different dimension, obviously, now. But um, be an emotional day. It always is. Senior day. And I guarantee you, Radford University will get through Senior Day or get through all the pregame things, and we won't be seven minutes late for our broadcast. That's not going to happen. But hey, down at High Point, look, we got a DJ. Let's turn it up, sub. So, I know we've talked about bad driving guy, and I really appreciate it. By the way, I want to always hear your bad driving guy stories unless, you know, just in case there's something we've missed. And, you know, we get enough of it in and around town. I know you do when you go to work. That's where I hear from you. And bad driving guy also um, showed up with uh, bad driving guy at the pump, right? People were telling me how they had experiences at the gas station where you have... Guy in big truck taking up two gas pumps or guy who parks at the gas pump and goes in and decides to have a 10-minute conversation with people when you're trying to wait in line to get gas. So, yeah, those were new. So those were added to the list. I had not thought about bad driving guy when you're preparing to go out and drive. But, boy, it was the same old, same old. A couple familiar uh, themes last night or yesterday. Headed to High Point. And, of course, there is no bad driving guy I've concluded any worse than bad driving guy the left side of the interstate, and he's barely going 10 miles under the speed limit. And I have determined that nobody can be that stupid. Right? This is an intentional act by bad driving guy. Don't you think? 
Because nobody can be on an interstate that's posted 70 miles per hour and be going 60 in the left lane when most of the time on the interstate, what, people get five to seven miles, usually going, let's just be honest, if you're on the interstate and you're, even if you're speed conscious, you're going probably five to seven miles over the speed limit. So you're going about 75, 77. And you, you lose, usually get some leeway there if you if you go by a patrol officer five to six, seven months. You know, okay, well, you know, we're not going to. They're just going out trying to find bad driving guy who's going 90 or 100, right? That's, that's who they're going after. But there's no way anybody is that stupid. So you're either doing it just to be a nuisance. Oh, you might be right, Wayne. Or it's somebody who feels entitled. But most of the time, it's not an extremely nice car. Like, it's not a, a B&W. It's, 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 it's not something that looks lavish. And I'm telling you, we saw yesterday there was a gentleman in a truck. And the right side is kind of backed up because there's a lot of trailers, a lot of tractor trailers. And it's, it was very slow. So... I was about two or three car lengths behind all this. And you had this car in the left lane. People were beeping their horn. It was so bad they were beeping their horns. And then you start to think, well, maybe it's somebody who's elderly and they don't understand. No, no. It was just some young dude in his, you know, mid to late 20s. There he was in the left lane, sunglasses on. And at that point, it's pretty intentional. But... I saw dude yesterday do something I hadn't seen, and it looked like you were at Daytona. We just had Daytona. The dude actually in the truck bumped bad driving guy in the left lane. It was unprecedented. So bad driving guy is swerving a little bit and then runs off the road to the left side. He got bump drafted out of the lane. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, that, that shouldn't happen on the road. But you know what? It had been going on about 10, 15 minutes. Traffic was backed up because of this one guy. And he got bump drafted off the road. And then we all just went by while he's sitting there on the side of the road. He didn't hit anything. But I guarantee you one thing, that bad driving guy, I hope, has learned a lesson that it won't happen again. And the problem is, I don't blame truck guy at all. Like, <laughs> I don't want to condone that happening, but I didn't know it could have been a horribly dangerous thing. He didn't hit him hard, but he got to the uh, inner side of his, uh, the right side of his back bumper and tapped him. And that guy went swaying he backed off and then everybody because he there was nobody really behind the truck because i think everybody could see that he was trying to get around him he was trying to figure it out and he bump drafted i've gotten three people tell me simultaneously that bad driving guy could have been on drugs could have been high yes you're probably right and by the way have we thought about that you know we have all these things about driving impaired and so forth what are we doing about high guy bad driving guy high guy do they have a way to test for that police officers 
Or is that just being ignored? Because it's more of a political drug. <laughs> Truck guy is vigilante guy helping everyone else. That, absolutely. That's kind of the way you felt. I mean, truck guy went on, and I hope nobody I hope nobody turns him in. Because I think who's breaking the law more? Who's about to cause more damage more? Guy in left lane going under sixty. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Or truck guy who just kind of cleared the way for everybody else. And he obviously knew what he was doing because the, the way he tapped him. He didn't like full throttle crash into the back and cause a change. He just kind of bumped him over. And we all just went by. And I looked over at the guy. He was all mad and he was pounding on the steering wheel as he sat there in the media. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, sorry. I really don't feel bad for you, bad driving guy. But that was a new one. I had not seen that. I know we all feel like it. And, you know, there are going to be people who are going to say, oh, that guy can't be doing that. He can't be making comedy. That's da-. It is. It's dangerous, and I'm not sitting here condoning it, all right? But you know you've wanted to be vigilante truck guy. <laughs> We've all wanted to be vigilante truck guy. Let's just be honest. We don't have any secrets here on the program. You want to be vigilante truck guy. Right? We've all dreamed of being vigilante truck guy, which is what we had yesterday. I'm going to copy your uh, phrase, Wayne. I like that. Vigilante truck guy helping all Americans. (laughs) He's like Robin Hood, right? Stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, representing the people. Vigilante truck guy was representing, I don't know, 50 cars that were just frustrated in behind Slow guy in the left lane. I think you're probably, now that I look at it and everybody hit it at once, I bet he was high, right? He had to be. He had to be. That makes a lot of sense. And I wonder how much of that's going on on the roads that gets unchecked. And I don't know the answer to the question. Is there a test for that? I don't guess there can be, can there? Is there a test for stoned out of your mind guy driving? Did anybody think about that before they legalized pop, uh, pot countrywide? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Being impaired behind the wheel of a car can also mean that you're high? Oh, we didn't think about that. And that might also affect your decisions behind the wheel? Ooh. Well. Right? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Yeah, that, that, that happened yesterday. I had not seen that. I had never seen that. All right, someone's saying they think there's a swab test. Okay, I was wondering. I was wondering about that. Uh, another text messenger says, yes, there are tests for drug driving. No limit in Virginia. Really? Really? Wow. Interesting. All this does is give more difficult things for police to have to deal with out there, right? So, of course, you had that happen, which was the highlight of the whole thing. Because you're kind of seeing that, and then you're like, wow, I can't believe what I just watched. I can't believe what I just watched. One texture says that uh, tests are similar to FSTS. But no limit in Virginia, they're telling me. 
Interesting. Well, that's troubling. And then the other bad driving guy is when traffic is slow on the left. Like when you had this long line behind this guy before vigilante truck guy took care of it. And you're in the left lane and you can't go anywhere because everybody's dealing with this. And then you have inevitably guy who pulls up on the right speeding by you or getting up near you thinking that he's going to be able to get over into left lane or that you're the one holding it up. I'll never understand that mindset. <laughs> Hokie Bob says, vigilante truck guys serving truth, justice, and non-congestive highways. <laughs> I know, Bobby, and that's the thing, right? You should never do what vigilante truck guy did. And this was down in North Carolina. I'll never see the guy again. He's not listening to the show. Vigilante truck guy did something that is totally inappropriate, but yet I did, and I'm sure everybody else did, look at him as kind of like a hero. I'm sorry. And I know it could have been horrible, so I'm not taking that part lightly. I know the aftermath could have been really bad, but it wasn't. And it was clear he kind of knew exactly what he was doing because he kind of moved inside and he was just like a little, just a little tap, just a, just a little, little contact to get the guy off the road. And it worked. And he waited until, by the way, over on the median side, there's, there was no railing. It was no cement. It was just grass. So it wasn't like he ran him into anything like that. So the guy knew the highway. This was, um, people were asking which road. It was the... Uh, once you go down 77, you get into North Carolina, and instead of going, you know, continuing on 77 towards Statesville, you take the left there to 74. I think it's exit 101. You know where I'm talking about. Like you're headed toward Winston-Salem, you get on 52. It was that area. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Another text message. <laughs> I mean, just saying. Vigilante truck guy. There wasn't anybody who drove by and finally moved on that was mad at vigilante truck guy. I'm sorry. And I hate, I hate that it comes to that. But you see, this is what happens. You get stupid things that are happening. People make stupid decisions, like guy in left lane guy. And it creates people. Emo- this is what happens. This is why you get so angry when you watch uh, politicians and presidents and people that just they get up and they just lie and they treat and they do all these things that make no sense with the culture today that makes no sense to what the country was based on or whatever else goes on and people get angry and they're reactive this is why you have revolutions this is why you have people who say you know what enough's enough this is what used to make america great when america that's why america got created by the way it was a revolution remember Well, Vigilante Truck Guy created a highway revolution last night. He did. He did. Vigilante Truck Guy was all of us at some point because we've all imagined, I'm just going to knock him off the road. Because you can't pass him, you're on the interstate. But he did it. I wonder if anybody reported him. i got to be honest, I kind of hope not. (laughs) I kind of hope not. And like I said, I was so far behind. I was, I don't know, four or five vehicles. After it happened, everybody kind of just stopped. 
But when you went by, you saw the guy was okay. He was just sitting there, you know, pounding on the steering wheel, giving middle fingers. You could hear, you know, he was very upset that he was that he was uh, taken off the road by vigilante truck guy. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> and I really like serving truth, justice, and non-congestive highways. Love it. Wonder what what do you think Vigilante Truck Guy's uh superhero costume would be? That's interesting, right? You have to have goggles, right? You gotta have goggles. Leather jacket. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. Andy Bitter to White Pick a little bit later on. 100%, by the way, the reaction. Nobody is blaming Vigilante Truck Guy. Just saying. All right, we'll be back. He won't sit, but oh boy, does he speak. More big dog sports talk next on WRAD. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. All right, just about done with uh, hour number one. No, Wayne, it wasn't me. I wasn't driving my Jeep. I'm in a state vehicle, so no, I was not I was not uh, <laughs> VTG. I love the way everybody who's texting has already attributed the moniker VTG to Vigilante Truck Guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they did last night have an older gentleman... <clears throat> He was an acrobat, I guess, and maybe had a past circus history. I don't know, but he had on the the purple kind of, you know what I'm talking about, the jumpsuit, like a guy who uh, walks on the uh, tightrope, had sequins on it, so you know he's serious, and he was stacking a bunch of chairs in the middle of the floor, and he got to the top of the chair, and he did a handstand. And he held it for about 10, 15 seconds. I mean, he was way up there, like way up there near where their gigantic scoreboard hangs. And people were just mesmerized. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, oh, man, please don't fall. Please, please, please don't fall. I mean, he had an assistant, but that guy who was out there with him looked completely like he was just handing him the chairs, right? He had his big stick, and he was putting it on the end of the chairs. And the dude was, I, I don't know, he stacked maybe, I don't know how many chairs the dude stacked. But there he was. It was pretty impressive. So, yeah, that happened last night. That was That was okay. That was okay. That was another good element of the uh, situation last night. <laughs> but that that's really as far as it goes. <laughs> uh. 
I did take some video. Maybe I'll, maybe what I'll do is I'll, um, maybe I'll post that up on the BDST Facebook page. Andy Bitter going to talk all things tech football. Got a lot of questions I want to ask him. Dwight Vick as well in the third hour. We'd love to hear from you. Keep your VTG Vigilante Truck Guy text coming in. We'll be back. <laughs> 